0: hi there welcome to the isogo tv podcast from isogostrong.com i'm your host becky hammond and you and i gather here on this podcast in order to fixate on strength in our families and on our teams because when we start from assuming strength we can make relationships easier this is episode 127 and Today, we're getting into our second in a three-part mini-series on well-being by using your strengths. This series is inspired by the work of a colleague and friend from San Diego who leads CEOs to more energized leadership and teams. She runs a program on leadership well-being, and recently, she's put out an entire series on well-being over at Everyday Leader Podcast. If you don't already know Cat Rippy, you should definitely connect with her there. In this inter- in this interview, well, in this episode, Cat interviews me about the power of your top strengths to impact your well-being and how to get back to being well if you find that it's slipped. You will hear stories and strategies specifically for leaders and teams to capitalize on your strengths to boost your well-being. So, let's dive in. Pat, it's so
1: great to be able to chat with you today. I'm really looking forward to this. me as well. It's great to see you in different states and all over the place and in the middle of a really fun season of life. So thanks for taking the time. Uh, I've been really talking a lot about well-being, individual Mm. well-being, also workplace well-being um, as being such a central challenge today, uh, given (laughs) the world around us. and with leaders and leading teams and everybody working from home and all of these challenging dynamics. And I thought, who better to talk to than Becky uh, (laughs) to really dive in on, I think what could be so helpful for everyone Mm. to really down on strengths and you being the strengths maven that you are. Mm. Uh, And I know you've been talking to so many people, so many different leaders out there on strengths over the last several months that I thought you ought to have some good insights on what's working, what's (laughs) not. Some of those challenges, what are people um, doing to kind of embrace strengths as a way to get through yeah. and also kind of increase their sense of well being? You know, so thank really. you for taking the time. Yeah, um, I'd love to hear. I, I don't know if you're ready to just dive in, but I'd love to hear kind sure. of your journey over the last few months and where you've been connecting
0: with people and kind of what you've been seeing. Yeah. Yeah, well thank you. Thanks for thinking of me because I certainly think that, you know, when you talk about like the big picture of well-being, our strengths are something that we can use as a practical tool to really impact it. There's nothing theoretical about it. Like, I mean, I guess the strength psychology is theoretical, but then you get into, okay, how do I actually use that? And it's it is usable, um personalized stuff that we can use as leaders and for our teams as we um, as we kind of traverse this uncertain time. And I think, Kat, I love that you're doing this series right now because I think that it would have looked different even four months ago, um, you know, with the beginning of this season of uncertainty. So COVID hits um, the coast of the U.S. and all of a sudden we're starting to feel like oh, this might be more of a big deal than we think. And um, by the end of March, everyone's life in some way, shape, or form was uprooted. Um, And at the time, it felt very temporary. But now here we are for, uh, how how long has it been? Five months later? And uh, yeah, and um, we are feeling like, huh, we might not ever go back to exactly how it used to be and so this sense of oh, we just have to get through is kind of something that is dissipating where it's we're like looking at it in our rearview mirror and now we're figuring out okay well, how do but how do i be well when things continue to be uncertain when we're definitely not going back to how it was but we still don't know what we're going back to and um so this concept of well-being Um, in this time, I think is incredibly important. Um, You know, you asked a little bit about the leaders that I've been talking to and working with over the last um, few months. I had an opportunity to uh, run a series on my own podcast called Strengths in Crisis. And so got to talk to some really amazing leaders who Pretty vulnerably shared what it's been like for them in this season of uncertainty. And then through coaching relationships, um, coaching clients, been able to see then, okay, as we've pushed past that initial uncertainty, that initial crisis, what does that look like um, living out in everyday life? Mm -hmm. Um, So, one of the uh, stories that comes to my mind, just straight off, is um, from a leader who I've been working with recently in a coaching relationship. And she, um, kind of went into the series of uncertainty with uh, a sense that her strengths were really not a match for her job, um, and this was pre-uncertainty, right? Like this pre-COVID, and she was just feeling like, and uh, she leads with a strength. Now, if we're talking Clifton strengths language, which is my comfortable language, um, we she has leads with a strength called belief. And belief means that she just has a core sense of values that drive everything that she does. And if her work is not lined up with that, then it's going to feel very frustrating for her and probably, to be honest, also frustrating for her leadership, the people that she reports to as well, for her team, the people that report to her as well. And so um, she uh, was just already feeling like, man, this might not be a fit. And then uncertainty struck. Um, the, they started working from home. There was already a mismatch, a misalignment of, um, you know, the reason she was doing what she was doing and her boss's reason for doing what he was doing. And they were just, they were just at odds with each other. And only when she started exploring, um, this problem through the lens of her strengths, was she able to make some progress on that. And in the end, what she discovered and did was, um, she said, you know i can't change jobs right now just from a variety of living situation purposes and um she said so i she did some soul searching and said i just need to get this belief strength met from outside my work from a different place i have to realize that i'm not going to change my boss's mind I'm not changing my mind. And so what is it, where else can I get this fed? Where else can I align my values and my beliefs with what's going on in my life so that I can let go of it in my professional and my career environment? Um, So in, I think we had met maybe two or three times and it was as if life had completely flipped because she realized like, oh, this is the source of my strife, and this is a way that I can figure out how to um, how to get past it. And so she instantly sent felt another uh, uh, entirely increased sense of well being um, as she just tweaked that one little thing with her strengths.
1: Well, that's great. Um, it's kind of like when strengths get in your way a little bit, right? And
0: you have
1: <laughs> get them out of the way so that you can still operate effectively in whatever environment that it wasn't working. in, I love that. It's a great
0: yeah.
1: perspective. And it's a great flip on, um, I guess, you know, normally when we, when we think about strengths and what we naturally do, well, you want to do more of it and you want to have yeah. it as frequently as possible in your life. You want that to be the thing that shows them mm. that great. But in this case, she can still be great. Yes. <laughs> by letting that go in that environment? That's really wonderful.
0: Yeah. Good yeah. Yeah. You know, and I think that, um, you know, if we, if we zoom out a little bit, you know, I, um, we can see how the strengths perspective could really get into our sense of well Um, if we ask the question, what is right with this situation or with me or with my team members, um, it's much less stressful just from the, just from asking that one question, then what is wrong? So we're asking, you know, when we're asking what is wrong, we're looking for strife. We're looking for stress. We are pointing out the things that people are going to immediately be frustrated about. But instead, if we start to ask, well, what is right? It starts to reframe our mindset a little bit. And even just that, without knowing your Clifton strengths, without um, having any sort of assessment, you can start to increase your level of well-being because you're decreasing the type of stressful questions that you're asking yourself and others, your team.
1: that's a good one too. Just kind of really thinking about how you frame things or how Mm. you, um, how you enter into the the thinking about them or the conversation you're going to have about them. Or Mm. obviously when you're digging into solutions um, I think that's always been a really helpful tool to say, well, what is going right? And how can we borrow from that and plug it in over here? But Mm. even your own personal self and how do you, look at what is going right where are you doing things in a way that works really well for you or where are things going really well in general yeah. yes right in now what
0: else, what else uh, today? I, I was gonna right. say are there anything are there any things that are going well yeah
1: <laughs> and then figuring out kind of how to have those and also i think in maybe um and we might dig into this a little bit more i'm not sure but with our lives con- kind of converging right now mm. with um, finding these uh, boundaries or pockets, maybe, maybe it's pockets in terms of where you can have the experience mm. you have, where you can feel good about what you're doing. Right. Um, yeah. for some people it might be exercise for other people, it might be actually hunkering down and getting some solid work production done for others. It might be loving on the kids and giving them attention, whatever the thing is, yeah. or the th- or where can you find those pockets? Cause it doesn't have to be all the time everywhere for everything
0: right yeah definitely yeah I think um, one of the things that uh, that makes me think of as you um, as you share that is that you know our strengths give us clues to our deepest psychological and emotional needs and where that comes in here is that um, we when you can identify what those needs are and see that they're not being met you have like a pathway to figure out why you're overwhelmed. Why you're stressed, why you feel less energy, um, why you don't feel an overall sense of well being. Um, so, for example, let's say, um, well, here, I'll give you an example from my own life. You know, we're all working from home um, these days. I um, actually have been working from home mostly, uh, even previous to um, the coronavirus. And, but now my husband's working from home. Um, We're all just, you know, home together. And uh, the other day I was walking through the house and I was, um, which is also the office, you know, and I was feeling like just kind of this deep sense of overwhelm. Like, whoa, I do not know what just hit me, but something hit me. And uh, when you talk about like having, reserves or your tank being full like I I, I felt depleted like I just felt like man what I, like what's the next step at home what's the next step at work I'm just I'm not quite sure and um, as I walked back through the house I looked around and I was like okay if I'm going to think about you know what what reserves do I have what buckets do I have in order to fill this back up I look at my strengths achiever arranger learner belief connectedness and I was like okay <laughs> what can i use you know like what what one of these is going to help me fill that bucket again and i when i looked around the house i see disaster everywhere i look i'm like okay a ranger thrives in organized like um flexible organization and so for me um, that means that when spaces are clear i my mind feels more clear and so um even though i kind of felt like just Slouching down on the couch, I instead went over to the couch and you know made sure all the cushions were in the right places. And I started you know just putting stacks of paper in one stack instead of twenty stacks. And just kind of really quickly, it probably took me five I don't know less than ten minutes. And by the time I was done with that, I I turned back around and I looked at what you know I had done through this kind of um, uh, capitalizing on this arranger strength. And I realized that I had. turned a sense of energy like I just felt better because I was able to um, was th- because I had filled my bucket I had understand I' recognized my needs and then I had filled my bucket back up by doing something that would that would meet those needs um, and that particular one was a ranger probably a little discipline as well I know you have a ranger but not discipline and uh, it might look a little different <laughs> well, it's funny
1: but for me, I also have a need, um, well, I think a, a combination of my strengths together need a creative outlet. So for me, sometimes I mm. need a feeling that I got something done and I have the space to be creative or um, I don't have the need for a lack of clutter as much as some people do, but it always can be helpful. But I think also for me, um, I have, I'm heavy on strategic and also mm. I need and futuristic, by the way, which right now is a little tough, but um, yes, <laughs> but those are very big thinking strengths. So for me, it can be, I do need some time alone in a space where I can be thoughtful or where I can kind of read through, um, totally. you know, whether it's helpful uh, uh, magazines or something like that, or yeah. trade journals, right? right. Or even going through uh, LinkedIn is, has been a great resource for mm. just, tabs on what's going on in in industries and in different business environments and all that, and so then I kind of feel like I have a sense of what's going on that fuels my brain. so I think it's the same thing with regards to fuel or energy you know where do yeah. you um uh, when you are running low or when you are just scrambled, there's so many <laughs> opportunities yeah. in front of you when you pick or where do you go first? you know really thinking about what's going to give me the most energy and what's going to help mm. me. Show- Doing that one first is always going to help then get through the rest of them or show up best for whoever it is that's needing you or um, even make decisions, right? How can you get to a point where you can make some really good decisions? Sometimes you have to do that energy filler stuff first.
0: So I think that can be really cool. Yeah. Yeah, and I think people are getting um, stuck too. Uh, I think this is where, you know, we can, I can easily say... Um, you know, look at your strengths and just figure out which one to fill your bucket and go do it, you know. But I think right now, when times are so different than we are used to, um, leaders are telling me that they're feeling stuck even in their strengths. Like um, uh, you and I have a a mutual colleague who um, shared that she feels like her strategic strength was like in the mud, like covered up completely. Because in- in her usual life she's able to kind of plot out and plan and see what's next and she can kind of like if you think of like strategic strength as being like a, f- a frog on one side of a pond and then there the- you can like see to the other side of the pond and you can see all the lily pads that you want to jump on all the way across um, it's like there was a fog over the pond right because now the things that you thought were sure are no longer sure and so just kind of like you mentioned with your futuristic strength man when it's blurry, fuzzy, uncertain, um, when there's so many different variables that you have no control over, uh, you can feel stuck. Like, okay, I would usually use my strategic strength to, you know, get me out of this kind of down place. Or I would usually use my futuristic strength, like paint an optimistic picture of what could be. And then now all of a sudden we're living in a world with all these variables that instead, these strengths that we usually use for for good are kind of feeling like claustrophobic and, and not able to be used. And so I think there's, you know, this conversation of uncertainty and well-being has, and strengths has to um, admit that some of our strengths right now have to be very creative in figuring out a way around that. Um, and sometimes we do. And, you know, um, you can, uh, another uh, colleague of mine kind of said, you know what? I. I do need to use my futuristic strength from a um, from a pr- more proactive perspective. Like usually it comes so naturally. And right now, because it's like all foggy ahead, like what would it do if I said, okay, I'm gonna dedicate some time to think about what a, maybe different futures could look like based on you know some of the things that I'm not sure about right now. So it, it looks different the way he uses it. Um, and then there's sometimes, you just, some peop- um, leaders have just said, I'm not using that one right now. I just have to reach down into a different you know into a different bucket and be like okay I'm going to I'm going to pull up some of my other strengths to help me feel more optimistic, feel more well in this particular time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think as with any natural tendency during times of crisis, we either use those really well and I help get through mm-hmm. or a lot of times you fall back into kind of like the the worst possible usage of those
0: things yes totally <laughs> or we, or we
1: used them the completely wrong way and i know just for myself and having that strategy natural kind of orientation and that's what was really needed right mm. away i can easily jump in on strategy but then i recognized i was not jumping in on kind of the connectedness piece right or the hey let's just Really, be Mm. still with this for a minute and recognize what's going on around us, which is what some other people might need, right? So I think that the critical thing for leaders too is is to really recognize and just anybody really showing up in showing up for other people in any way, whether you're leading a team, leading a family, um, or whatever it is, but to really be able to recognize what it is about you that you need, what it is that you you can contribute, something, right? Where where can you contribute the best? And then how are those things maybe getting in your way? So for you, mm-hmm. I, I can predict for myself what I want to happen over the next year and a half, but that's a long journey. So the future, yes. that hopeful piece of when it's all better from the very right. March 12th, I was like, okay, so in June of 2021, where am I going to be? And most people are wow. just, they're on March yes. 12th, right? Totally. So for me, I had to shut it down and say, we're just going to talk about maybe to this June, <laughs> mm-hmm. right. like that kind of perspective and, and kind of put it in a parking lot. I, call, I always call it the parking lot. Yeah. So here, I'm not disregarding it, right. Still take care of that need and know that it's there and you can bring it out when it's helpful, mm-hmm. but you're meeting it for now while you're kind of really going to something that isn't a normal situation with people that are around you everywhere at home and in the workplace and they have like there's so many different needs um but i think the other piece of it is being able to have knowledge of what the other strengths and talents are around you right mm. if by the way like you said really represents their needs too so how can you help them how can you be aware of who you could tap into or if you see somebody kind of Uh, fallen off a little bit or super stressed out. Maybe there, I definitely have had a few clients (laughs) where there's been people lashing out or shutting down completely, Mm non-responsive, you know, even my my children's teacher actually was talking about how many kids just weren't showing up for a while on Uh... classrooms, you know, and understanding kind of what's going on there and how do you, how do you dive in to help somebody understand how they can bring themselves back out a little bit too, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah, totally. I, I mean, as a, as a leader, one of the best things that you can do during this time, I mean, during any time, but especially during this time is provide individualization and flexibility. And the best way to do that is by understanding what they need. And a shortcut to that is understanding what their strengths are. Um, you know, you can ask your team, what do you need? But I think it's a very difficult question to ask because our minds, to answer, our minds immediately go to, well, I need, you know, more sleep or I need, you know, I I need you to give me less work to do. Well, oftentimes those things aren't really, um, aren't really possible, right? You know, Uh, I mean, sometimes maybe, maybe, maybe we can adjust things um, because the workload is too great. Um, But most of the time. Um, If you as a leader can help them kind of walk through with a language that makes sense to them, um, what they might need, then you're going to be extremely successful and they're going to be much more motivated to, um, to get on board and not feel so overwhelmed uh, because you're going to have helped them fill their bucket.
1: I really like that. Do you mind pausing for a minute and kind of playing with that a little bit because I think. I think it's so practical, and I think it's exactly where people get stuck. We've been using actual strengths language from the Clifton Strengths Finder, which, by the way, not everybody has that either. Yep. That's helpful as a language where you can then pick up, you know, the, the nuanced differences between people given the actual words that describe their strengths. Right. But if you don't have that, um, rather than just saying, What do you need? How would you ask somebody? to really dive in? How would you help clarify what it is that they need with them?
0: Yeah. You know, I think one of the places that I always go is your source of energy. So what, you know, asking your team members, think about the last time that you felt completely alive and felt come have had um, just felt energized by what you were doing and then really have them explore that. Maybe it's an actual activity that you do as a group and you, you know, Give them time to write that out and to say, okay, well, okay, this was the time, you know, one sentence. This is exactly what was happening the last time that I felt energized. Maybe you were, um, maybe you're on a mountain bike ride. Um, and so you're, there, you say, you know, I'm on a mountain bike ride. And then you say, okay, well, you know, what, what did it feel like? What were, what were, what was happening? What were you thinking about? What were you doing that made you feel that way? And so on this mountain bike example, maybe you were with a best friend. Maybe you were outdoors and you had time to think. Um, maybe you just needed to move your body because you realized you had come off of a time of, you know, sitting on the couch for, or sitting in front of your desk for um, for a week. And you start to have them kind of um, narrow in on those feelings and those behaviors and um, the people that were there. and that starts to get at the bottom of why did that feel so good because so in this example of mountain biking it felt so good because i was with i was with a best friend well um maybe that's really important to you maybe it's really important to your team you know to that team member that they have someone that they feel like is a best friend at work um and or if it's not at work that they have time to be able to invest in those best friends and so some way that you, as a team, as a leader, might be able to help that person is to help them, you know, figure out. Okay, well, like, tell me about, tell me about your weekend. What'd you do? Like, did you have time to spend with your friends? Um, and for somebody like me who doesn't have that strength, it kind of feels a little bit like wishy washy, cheesy, Like, okay, that's like, like, th- it. Does that really matter? Yes. Like for people who have relationships at their core, if they do not have that, they're not going to show up and thrive. They're not going to be well. They're not going to be able to give their best to you or to the organization um, either. And so that's why you're asking them their most energized moment and trying to get to the bottom of that. Um, On the other hand, if it was like, I just loved mountain biking because I had time to think, then you're going to get a different clue about what they need. Um, And in this fast paced environment where things are changing and things are very uncertain, people who need time to think, you got to give them that time and they are going to thrive if you do. And in the same way, as someone who lights up with relationships, if you help them figure out kind of that they need that and how to get that, if you give somebody who needs time to think Time to think. They're going to show up and be motivated and feel more well overall. Um, and in the end, it's going to, you know, have, uh, make an impact on your team, on your bottom line, um, on your ease in your role as a leader as well. Because they're going to like what they do more. They're going to feel more satisfied with what they're doing.
1: Yeah, definitely. I really like how you walked kind of through that conversation where it's really digging in. Cause I think so many times we do get that answer. The mountain bike, it's always something that's not work related really. I mean- unless right. <laughs> Usually, yes. <laughs> right, and they're like, if I could work more, that'd be great. And then to <laughs> be alone
0: for work, that's like the perfect- You're answer. like, done. I know how to meet that need. Thank you very much. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the rest of it really is digging and kind of thinking through maybe like the W questions, who, what, why, when, where, that- Yeah,
0: yep. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but but I love that you could show there's two or three or five different potential um, like real benefits to something that somebody's getting out of an experience. And I can get something completely different out of that bike ride than you would. Right. Um, but it's that it's what they're getting out of it. And I think that's critical too. I mean, I've worked with so many, especially actually both male and female leaders who ended up with some kind of a, an injury and mm. couldn't. Exercise and exercise is a huge thing for a lot of people. Um, but understanding what it was they were getting out of it, in addition to the physical piece, right? Which
0: totally.
1: you replace in some way as well. But there's a lot more to it as well. Did they ride alone? Did they ride with friends? Did you know? I um, yeah. had a really good colleague who would ride with a whole group every year um, and had to take a whole year off from that, you know? So then she wow. found a way anyway. She didn't get to ride, she got the, the relationship fulfillment. So I think. Figuring out what it is that get, gets you that level of fulfillment in the yeah. activity you choose, figure you can always find another activity that's so that true. Can that same kind of end result It's, it's perfect. I love it. It's great. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and hopefully it feels practical too. I think sometimes this all this stuff can get a little theoretical and it can get a little bit um, heady. Like we said at the beginning, like the strengths perspective—that's the theory—but being able to figure out, okay, how do I use the fact that I'm asking what's right with you, and I'm trying to figure out what energizes you? Like, can can we actually do that as leaders? Um, And the answer is yes, because we uh, we can ask good questions and we can know that people do have things that are. right with them and we need to try to get to the bottom of those absolutely
1: absolutely um
0: any other examples do you think that are worth sharing right now
1: in terms of what you've seen and how you've seen people embrace their strengths in a way Mm.
0: that's really helped them through this scenario so far (laughs) yeah yeah you know um one example comes to mind um i have a leader who works in higher education and um who I have the privilege of coaching her through Um, I've worked with her team as well, as well as her leadership. And um, she, you know, there are some um, so she leads with Wu communication activator maximizer. Um, There are some people with high Wu who have really felt um, lost. And some of her leadership team is like that. Um, They, you know, people who are high in woos, let me just explain this weird word, right? Like it's, it, there is like a wooing to it. Like I would like to woo others towards my opinion, but there's also this kind of social variability piece of it. So people who are high in this would be people that you would consider, um, usually extroverts. Um, sometimes the life of the party, sometimes wanting to flitter around to different people to get, they get energy from being with lots of people. So um you don't have to know much about uh, even clifton strengths to realize that that's not something that's been happening during this season right um that all of our huge groups are gone um even if you uh, this leader in particular you know she has a a large she has a large team of leaders that she leads and then they all have a large team so when they all get together you know they, there's energy there um they thrive off of working in the same building together um and so uh, I was very impressed as she started to navigate this time, um, whereas other people with Wu were kind of shriveling and shrinking. I felt like she was saying, okay, um, I'm going to lean into some of my other strengths. So I'm going to look at my maximizer and my activator, and I'm going to say, okay, how can we do higher education virtually? quickly better, um, and but not so much better. You know, when you think about like having a volume dial, like not so high that we can't move on it. So bringing activator in there as well. Um, and then she started to explore creative ways that she could meet the needs of her woo strength, that social that the need, the social need. Um, and she started to have um, regular huddles with her team. She had regular kind of one-on-one meetings with her team. And she, you know, this was a regular practice for her. This doesn't seem like, you know, novel leadership practice to have one-on-one meetings, right? But whereas they were maybe were every two weeks, now they were at least every week. And giving a permission to say like, "Hey, we don't see each other face to face. I thrive in that way." You know, kind of as a leader, communicating that to their team. So, if you ever want to jump on a call, quick, um, I I would love that. And so she kind of made that made that the needs of her strengths known to her team, um, and then set up ways to be able to try to feed that while turning up the volume on some of our other strengths. So I just feel like that um, that. She was a leader who was very intentional about her energy and about her well-being by understanding how to move the different levers and the different volumes on her strengths, um, recognizing that a lot has changed and it's gonna change the way that um, her strengths come out and the way that she's able to use them to be successful um, unlike she was successful six or seven months ago. Got
1: it, I like the volume um, kind of metaphor and turning up, turning down, which we kind of had to do. And, and we're doing that probably mm-hmm. whether we recognize it or not, but I, really taking a look at uh, where you have an opportunity to either leverage another strength or even do things a little bit differently. So I know at the beginning, people were able to kind of maybe get a little bit more out of the mm-hmm. Zoom happy hours and all that. And then right. as gone on, we even had I we had a family call, which at the beginning I was like, why haven't we been doing this the whole time? <laughs> totally. we're all the why are we not doing this? And then little well, by little it kind of fell off, you know, and now we're trying to do it once a month. Can we rally everybody once a month and keep it going? But even um finding ways to be interactive in per- like if you're physically in the same vicinity, um, with my kids, we finally hmm this is a while ago, um, cause now we can actually see people in person, but that <laughs> it was like going to the driveways, you know, you stay in the car yeah. and you can interact with somebody physically, which made a big difference. Right. So again, back to your earlier comment about the buckets too, where can you, um, f- how can you get that bucket filled in mm. whatever way that you can, it might not be in the workplace right now. So yeah. Can you get it in your own community, or can you get it with your family? You know, how do you, how can you, kind of kindle some some new fuel in a new place yeah, that totally. had been before? So I love that, and I love that we're all. Um, I mean, I think it at the beginning it showed up like in the bread baking, bread making, and right, <laughs> right, totally. <laughs> you always wanted to, do you never got to, or whatever, but that was kind of a, I don't know, that those were fun things to do. And maybe some of that was really important for the strengths of people who right. are that. But very similarly, there's other things we can do with our strengths where we can use them in different ways. We just haven't been called to do so, you know? So now is an opportunity yeah. to kind of those new um, spaces or even in organizations. Um, I've had a few clients where they've had, you know, strengths come out differently in different environments. So some people have really thrived in different ways in these home environments where mm. they've been using their strengths into play differently than they had in the in you know in a room with a bunch of people yeah. um in terms of organizing things in terms of keeping people uh in a i, I want to say in communication but also yeah. in, full, in kind of collecting information you
0: know
1: mm. i've seen a lot of leaders really step up um you had mentioned asking questions about individual or, or making people right and really meeting people we're making a lot of effort on that in a lot of different organizations that I've been working with where people's needs are being met individually um and then as we're going back into the workplace where some people are in and some people aren't um there's been some variability there I've been kind of watching that to see how do you manage that when you're kind of in and out as opposed to just you know because individual. I think is one of the hardest things for leaders. When you have a huge team, how do you really help connect with each individual with what they need? And that's been the challenge
0: well before COVID, right? Yeah. 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 And that's where some sort of assessment, whether it's Clifton Strengths or it's DISC, I know that you're really familiar with that and believe in it. And um what whatever it is that as a leader can help give you a shortcut, you know, because the truth is, and the research comes out of Gallup that says the best managers are those who individualize. And so how much more so uh, in crisis than in just regular, in regular time Um, that, but that individualization, like you said, can be tricky. And so if you don't have a, a shortcut or a tool, then yeah, it can, I think it can feel kind of overwhelming to 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 enter into that level of creativity because it gives your brain a workout um, for sure. Yeah, I think it's really important to recognize
1: the, the positive impacts of focusing on strengths and really connecting mm-hmm. people at that level. So if you're leading a team and you have 10 people, it's having, you know, it doesn't have to be individual conversations. It can be all as a group, but giving people yeah. an opportunity to really talk about Where do you come alive? Where do you Mm. have your best, where are you most productive? What are you doing? What are you working on? And where are you when you're doing it, right? Um, When you get your best ideas or when you're able to contribute from a, when you make your best decisions, right? Or when when you feel like things are in the flow. Totally. Have those conversations with people helps, first of all, who doesn't love to talk about what makes them awesome?
0: Right, totally. <laughs> you might not think you do, but just get you started and you do. <laughs> uh, and then to be
1: able to figure out a way collectively to make that show up in your work environment when now is a great time to be thinking about how to do things a little bit differently so that they can be better for everyone, you know? Um, that's gonna help the collective well being of the workplace. So I think looking at it from an individual perspective, mm-hmm. me and my well being, how am I managing that? How can I leverage my strengths to keep me feeling good, to keep me um, being productive, right? Taking care of myself, um, being focused, being able to get things done, being able to really get through this time in a really positive, healthy way. But then most, how do I do that with everyone around me as well? Especially how do we keep everyone really in tune with how they're showing up now And, and not expecting everybody to be the same as they were, you know, every moment to moment during your day and in and, and all the work that you're doing and how you're interacting with um, customers or yeah. people in the workplace, you know, it's all mm-hmm. so different than it was before. So we have to make room for us to show up in different ways as well.
0: And hmm.
1: I don't know about you, Becky, but I have yet to read any literature that or any research that doesn't say the, the thing people want most is time with their boss, right? So yeah, there's some kind of interaction with the person that really evaluates and judges and benefits from the work that they're doing the most is a, a really huge benefit to people. And right now is really important
0: to be doing that. Yeah, totally. I love, um, I love the line of questioning that you were saying are real practical things that leaders can do. Um, One of the leaders I was working with recently said that one of her favorite questions to ask of her team, that just doesn't have anything to do with an assessment or anything was um, what is it that you wish people would ask more of from you? And she said that the, uh, the, the energy in the room just kind of like just continued to rise as people started talking. And she's like, I discovered things that I never knew about them. She's like, I consider myself somebody who knows my team pretty well. I didn't know that you know, so and so wanted to, you know, really wish that someone would come to them for editing or you know, whatever the particular activity was. They just, you know, she's just like, I, I didn't know those things, and yet now we've had that conversation. They feel more energized because they feel like, ooh, maybe someone will actually ask me to do something that I really want to do. Um, And she has this like little stash of of kind of energy boosters that she can do to not only get things, more things done in their organization, but also to help feed the motivation and the energy of the people that work for her. So yeah, the power of asking those good questions um, that get to individual strengths is, is um, pretty phenomenal.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's a payoff all around
0: really <laughs> mm-hmm. yes it is exactly the impact is huge uh for you and for your team and your organization win-win-win let's just call it done right <laughs> um
1: yeah i think that that one actually is a great one for for kind of reshaping how work gets done right now because mm. a lot of people are feeling overwhelmed overburdened with the the volume of work they have or the things they have to get done and how they get them done and that's a great thing to be able to tap into from a delegation perspective or totally, um, even not from a, from a hierarchical delegation, but who, how can we rearrange who's doing what right now? How can we take yeah. this opportunity? Cross training, cross functionality, hmm. um, you know, sharing work, trying new pro taking on new projects, learning new things, right? There's a lot, right. there's a lot of gold right in that question alone to kind of bring people into thinking about how do I want to be showing up? What can yeah. I be contributing? as my highest self to this
0: equation right here, you know? Totally. Totally. And feel strongest while you're doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So do you have any, I kind of want to honor our time here and I want to have any final
0: good, I don't know, questions or nuggets or tidbits for, for people that you want them to take away. Yeah, I think um, that we're hitting on this one, which is the power of asking good questions. Um, you know, I know there are conversation card decks out there. Our company sells one as well that just, you know, like gets you to ask questions that help get at people's buckets of energy. And if you can get at those buckets of energy, which I would call the your needs of your strengths, if you can get at those, then as a leader, um, you're gonna, you're gonna, um, you're going to see that people are inspired to not only follow you, but also to get things done and show up every day. Um, So at the power of asking good questions. And I think we've asked some really good ones um, uh, throughout this conversation today. Um, The other piece is scheduling time in your calendar. Um, I know that in our world, we are, we're busy and you know, this is obviously true pre uh, crisis and it almost feels especially so now where we are balancing so many different aspects of our lives in a way that we've not done before where, you know, our professional and personal lives are kind of, uh, you know, intermixed. Um, as leaders, it can sometimes feel like we don't have control over our calendars. Like we don't, well, sorry, well, I had that meeting and then had this meeting and then this was back to back and back to back to back. And then finally it was five o'clock and I just crashed down, you know, I, I crashed and I finally was able to get my work done. Well, What if you saw your own well-being and your own wellness as so important that a required time on your calendar and you actually scheduled it in? Um, What would that look like for for your health, for your well-being? And maybe you use that to do one of those things that gets, you know, that gets you back to that spot of energy that we talked about, like the mountain biking for our hypothetical team member. Um, Or uh, maybe it will, um, be for something else and it's all going to be dependent on what your strengths are. You know, maybe it's for thinking. Um, if you're a thinking kind of person, maybe it's for researching. If you just feel more peace when you have more information, or maybe it's for decompressing, or maybe it's for, um, maybe you're somebody high positivity, high empathy, high harmony, where you just take in all the negative. Maybe that space is a space for you to kind of ring out the negativity or the emotion that you've been taking in. Um, Maybe that space is for being with people, brainstorming, dreaming, writing, whatever puts you in the flow, um, scheduling time for that, that is going to fill you back up and that is going to be using your strengths to become a better leader, to be a better leader, to show up better with more energy and not give people the burnt out version of yourself. Oh, I love that. It truly is the
1: oxygen mass first, right? It is, it really is. More for everybody else, and, and then you'll also have the benefit of being able to get more out of them by kind of setting that um, standard that everybody puts themselves first in order to show up as their best. I love it.
0: Yeah,
1: yep. Well, thank you, Becky. This has been wonderful. I uh, yeah. just read an article that Aaron Hurst, who is the CEO of Imperative, uh, mm-hmm. as well as he posted it, uh, but it was research done by someone named, I think, Diane Rue. Diana Diana Rao said that incorrectly um on the importance of meaningful conversations and mm. how that if you if you have meaningful conversations, it can actually add fifteen years to your life uh, and it it's completely related to having a high sense of well-being. So I think putting yourself first and focusing on asking questions mm. and really having these meaningful conversations is a great theme that we kind of uncovered unintentionally because uh, right. it's really, really important and. Uh, and can make all the difference as we get through the rest of the year and uh, all of the future challenges. Cause it's not just COVID. There's always right. something. Right There's the always
0: point. something uncertain and just realizing that you as an individual leader are wired in a certain way that you're not going to be able to do it. I'm not going to be able to do it like you, Kat, and you're not going to be able to do it like me. And I'm, even if I think, you know, one of my clients is like the best leader in the world, like no one can do it like her. And the next person who tries to do it like her is going to fail if because their strength, their wiring, their filter of the world, the way that they get energized is completely different than the next person. And so if we kind of keep that at the top of our minds uh, of to keep those truths in those meaningful conversations um, it's going to be even um, more impactful um, going to give us energy through all these kind of crazy uncertain times and help us to feel more well overall i love it i want to i just want
1: to say something about that because i think it's so important to recognize that we're mm. also and we're all equally valuable right everybody yeah. has unique value and it doesn't make anyone better or worse than someone else but knowing that, understanding what it is, and being able to speak to it is huge. So yeah. for, for leaders um, and then everybody on their team also to be able to, to be honest and authentic about mm. who they are, what they need, what they aren't, right? <laughs> not That's part of it, yep. <laughs> I'm not gonna be no good at this moment, and I'm sorry. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> all you can say, right? And yeah, at exactly. Least, um, and people can't get
0: frustrated if they know who you are and who you aren't, so. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It goes back to us saying that, you know, when we ask what's right, it's much less stressful than we when we ask what's wrong. And so if we can have that perspective and that paradigm, then we're going to feel more well overall. Awesome. All right, well, thank you so much
1: for taking the time. Let you go. Yes. And I'm sure we'll be back talking about um strengths again uh as we go through all of the wonderful challenges both at home and at work and tap into the at home, peace, because that's kind of everything
0: right now. <laughs> yes, uh, that that is true. It's all one thing. So, yeah, I look forward to that conversation as well. Thanks, Kat. Thanks for having me on. Okay, bye. The strengths perspective itself adds to your well being just by the nature of the psyche that it creates. When we ask what's right with ourselves and others instead of what's wrong, there's instantly less stress, even just from the onset. Uh, A big shout out to Kat for the interview today. Definitely check out Everyday Leader Podcast at energizeleadership.com for her entire series on well-being. And stay tuned next week for the final podcast in our well-being mini-series here on Isogo TV. Also, before we sign off with each other, let's talk about your top five strengths for a quick second. If you don't know your top five Clifton strengths from the StrengthsFinder yet, or If you do know them, or you think they're in a drawer somewhere, but you haven't really done too much with them yet, these truly can be your keys to well-being during this time. I'd love to help give you a jumpstart as your virtual coach. In an email coaching series from me called Strength Startup, you'll get insights into your talents and strengths, as well as some action you can take to make relationships easier around you, in stress and beyond. So, if you go over to isogostrong.com slash strengths startup, you can check it out. There are two options. One, if you already know your top five strengths and one, if you have yet to discover them. So, you can choose the track that's best for you. And, also, please check out this discount. Since you are here in the Isogo TV community today, there's a code, virtualcoach5 for $5 off. That's virtual coach and the number five for $5 off. I'd be honored to get a chance to get to know you and help you get a kickstart to greater well-being through your top five strengths. Because you and your strengths really do have the power to make a ripple effect in your family, on your team, and across the entire world. The world needs your strengths. So learn them, love them, and live them in your own circles of influence. Until next time on TV.